Good morning, Burlington, Vermont. It's good to see you. I usually don't need a microphone, and I've got a big mouth, so I'm just probably going to speak. I'll be all over the place. But uh, I do, uh, I want to thank Mike and Kristen for having Chris and I here. Uh, We feel really honored to be able to speak uh, to the Vermont Church. It was a stinking blast to be with the parents last night. Uh, We had a great time together. It was great to know everyone. It's great to know the church. I love Mike's welcome. This is a family. I feel very welcomed. I feel very loved. And it's a joy to be here. And and just to get to know a little bit about me, I um, Chris and I work as the youth and family ministers for the Boston Church of Christ, and I want to bring a little bit of the youth and family ministry to the Burlington Church. And uh, first, what I'd like to say is that and and that that Burlington is invited that we have a New England youth rally coming up, and so we have a teen rally coming up at Six Flags New England, and the teenagers are invited. Our teenagers are out in their high schools um, inviting people to come, inviting their friends to come. It's going to be a huge rally. We're going to have a service from 11, from 10.30 in the morning to 11.30 in the morning. The title is Unshakable. Okay. And uh, it, 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 it'll be a speaker who's going to be very relatable to teenagers. And uh, it'll be a blast. We'll have a one-hour service. Then we're going to go into the park for the whole afternoon. And we're going to be together at Six Flags. So Burlington, Vermont, you are invited and you are welcomed and would love to see uh, some of you there. Um, I also want to bring uh, a little bit of teen camp to you. We just had teen camp a little over a month ago. And we had 460 teenagers at camp. Okay? And I recommend, don't do that at home. Okay? It's good to have a camp and make sure that you have 130 counselors. Okay? When 460 teens come. But we had a blast. And I want to share a few things. We had endurance games. Where you got to choose from a variety of different games and activities. We played sports. We had tech games. Uh, we even put together a musical that they presented at the end of the week. Uh, we had team games where the whole camp gets together. We do these interactive games. They had four-way tug-of-war. Uh, we had a race with flippers on. Uh, we helped each other get through mazes. But it was a blast. The seniors went whitewater rafting. Okay, that's crazy, okay? That's a little bit crazy. But the seniors are a little bit crazier than the underclassmen. Uh, We had a worship concert featuring rap and a teen band from Canada. We had bonfires that night. We also had an adventure schedule. And um, and so one of the schedules, we have these high ropes, okay? And it's it's two tiers of high ropes, but it's four stories high. Okay, I'm afraid. I'm frightened. I I hate heights, man. My knees... Shake and I, you know, I turned white, uh, very white, okay, very white. Um, and uh, so I'm super afraid of heights. So as I tell this story, I'm looking at the mirror. So there was this one young man. He uh, he did the high ropes, and when you get to the hot end of the high ropes, you're four stories from the bottom, and then you gotta jump. Okay, you gotta jump to get down. Now you're 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 in a harness, you're in a rope, and the rope breaks to fall. But this kid, this kid was at the edge. He was at the edge, and he wouldn't move. He was frightened out of his mind. We go, and I won't say his name. We say, so-and-so, jump, jump. He stood there for 15 minutes. And the guy was like, 
this is the point. They were like, a lot jam that's catching up is that there are ten people waiting to jump. They go, so-and-so, jump, jump. And he just said, he said, okay. He said this confidently. Confidently. Count to ten, and I'll jump. So everyone comes to ten. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And confident in his timidity, he just stood there. <laughs> he had so he just stood there. So I had to go somewhere else. And so I walked backwards to where I needed to go. And I said, I gotta go. I wanna see you jump. Just jump. I mean, he was up there for like 25 minutes now. I go, just jump, jump. For all I know, I went. I never saw him jump. He could still be up there. We may get there. And he may still be up on the ledge. But we had, we had a blast together. Um, we had so much fun. And we want to always invite all the teens in the Burlington Church to always come to our teen camp. I guarantee that you'll come back, you feel refreshed, you'll build a lot of new friendships, and you learn some about God that you have no regrets uh, that you've been there. Also all week, um, we also listened to the Word of God. And our theme at camp was the kingdom. And that's my title this morning. Are you ready? I do. I want you to kind of loosen up a little, lighten up a little, because when we loosen up and lighten up, we listen up, right? So if we can just get a little bit loose. Um, I've got a message that I really believe will help and serve and help you grow. I believe you can leave here stronger with God. And the title is The Kingdom. And turn, let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. I was going to say, I put a water under here, and I go, who drank my water? And I I go, oh, okay, no one drank my water. <laughs> but my first point, I have two points. My first point is unshakable kingdom. This very great stuff about the kingdom in the Bible. Yeah. I hope that I'll bring some of it to light. Right. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth... How much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At, the de- at that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The, the word once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Do you know when Jesus comes back that we are going to receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It will be, this earth, this present earth, will be removed. It will be no more. This earth will be no more. Is that, wow. I mean, you got to say wow to that, huh? Wow. Every inhabitant, every human will be gone when Jesus comes back. What we see The beautiful creation. I'm driving to Vermont. All I see is open land, open land, open land. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's God's creation. It'll be God. The only thing that will remain is God's unshakable and indestructible and indestructible kingdom. So what's that mean? It means that we live in a very broken place. We live in a very broken and shakable place. Well, help me with that, Bill. Okay, dating relationships happen, and then they break up. Just ask Taylor Swift, right? <laughs> it's a broken world. 
Records are broken. All the, whether it's in sports, whether it's record-breaking temperatures, whether how many people I can fit into a Volkswagen, right? The records are always broken. You know, friendships, they're very refreshing. But then what happens our friends get married and their spouse becomes their best friend. Whoa, we're second wheel. Then they have kids. They go up to the junkyard. Now they have their spouse and a kid. And we're just not as close as we used to be. Friendships get broken. People are rich. And then they go broke, right? People are rich, stay rich, and then they die. Now they're really broken, right? We live in a very broken place. Romans 3.23 says, All sin and fall short of the glory of God. We're all broken. We all need Jesus' forgiveness. We're healthy. We get sick and we die. We're healthy. We stay healthy. And then we die of natural causes. We're broken. You know what? An amazing stat to me. In the year 1900, there were 1.1 billion people on the face of the earth. None of them are alive today. Isn't that? Wow. In the year 3015, a preacher is going to get up. A preacher's going to get up in the year 3,000. Do you know in the year 2,000, there were 7 billion people alive? And none of them were alive now. I predict, I'm going to prophesy that. That a preacher in 3,015. What is the deal? Guys, we're fragile. This is a shakable place. We're broken. But let me give you a taste of the kingdom and what will remain forever. Turn to Revelation chapter 21. Are you doing good this morning? Yeah. Are you excited about the kingdom? I hope you get excited about the kingdom. Let me give you a taste of heaven from the Bible. By the way, let me take a little break. It's really cool. I talked about team camp and Nicole Roscoe and Capitol were playing both came to team camp a bunch of times. It is good to see them. It's great to see you guys. It's great to see family. Come on. Come to Vermont to see family that's been family for a number of years. Okay, that was the commercial break. Here we go. Revelation 21, verse 1. In verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. This is the unshakable kingdom. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. I can't wait to dwell with God forever. Amen. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Listen to this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, and no more pain. The broken place is now unbroken. For the old order of things has passed away. The unshakable kingdom. It's the new heaven and the new earth. No more crying, mourning, death, or pain. Can you grasp it? Can you grasp it? Everything broken is now unbroken. Everything temporary 
becomes eternal joy. Who wouldn't want to live for that? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to live? Who wouldn't want to live passionately for that? With all the sorrows of the world and all your own sorrows, you can even embrace the coming joy. In your saddest, most discouraging days, I hope this inspires you. In your saddest, most encouraging days, in your own sorrows, you can still embrace the coming joy. Where everything's sad, all emotional sadness, physical pain, all death, now becomes untrue. There is no more poverty. There is no more starvation. There is no more war. There's no more AIDS. There's no more trauma. There's no more depression. There's no more mental illness. There's no more emotional stress. There's no more death. Why? Why? Knowing the kingdom of heaven and we're going to inherit that. Do you, if we really grasp that, do you know that we can face anything? We can face anything. Even death with courage. Listen to Paul Ricard. In the second century, 156 AD, he was burned at the stake for his faith. He was told by his enemies, deny Christ and we will release you. Paul Ricard said, 86 years I have served Christ and he has never done me wrong. How can I die my king? How can I deny my king who has saved me? They kept threatening him saying, deny Christ or you will burn at the stake. Polycarp said, You threaten fire which burns for an hour, it is soon quenched. For you are ignorant of the fire of the coming judgment and eternal punishment of the wicked. Polycarp was unshakable. He was unshakable. When we know we are going to inherit the kingdom of God, we can be unshakable in any circumstance. Even Matthew 10, 28 says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul. So back in Hebrews 10, 29, are we doing well? Yeah. Come on, man. Can I keep bringing it? Can I keep bringing it? I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it. I mean, you ask me on or not, I'm bringing it, okay? Hebrews 12, verse 29 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us worship God acceptably. You know what? Worshiping God acceptably. To worship God acceptably, we must come into His kingdom. John 3, 3 says, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Do you know everybody, the whole earth, is invited into the kingdom of heaven? But you're not entitled to it. Right. And I believe there is a wrong thing given to the kids who grow up in the church. They're called kingdom kids. No, they're not. You're either in the kingdom or you're not in the kingdom. You're not entitled to it. You have got to follow Jesus' teachings of what it teaches about salvation and do what God says to get into the kingdom. John 8.31, Jesus says, If you hold to my teachings, then you are really my disciples. And that's the only way we get into the kingdom. There's no neutrality. You are either in the kingdom, or you're not in the kingdom. To get into the kingdom, you must let Jesus be king, and you not be king. Oh, 
You know, I want to share a little bit of my conversion so you can know a little bit of my life. You know, I was going to church weekly. I was still drinking. I was getting drunk. I was doing some drugs. I was impure. I played basketball, and that was my idol. I worshipped basketball. I worshipped playing. It was my security. It was everything to me. When I lost the game, I was depressed. When I won the game, I thought I was the king of the world because I was king. I was king of my life. And you cannot enter the kingdom when you are king of your life. Galatians 5, 19-21. It says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry. And sports can fall under idolatry. Work can fall under idolatry. Hobbies can fall under anything you put before God. Witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. Fifth of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, which is how I was living. Orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. We must listen to God's word to get into the kingdom. What stops you from the kingdom of God? Don't say, I'll go through high school. And then I'll be a Christian much later. Or, let me get through my hard times first, and then I'll become a Christian. You know, just recently, a dad, who was a CFO of a company, I believe, took his 18-year-old daughter to visit, on a college visit. They were from Massachusetts. They flew a plane, I believe, to Milwaukee. The plane crashed, and both the dad and the daughter died. The daughter was 18 years old. The daughter was 18 years old. We may not have later. Don't say later, I'll become a Christian. We may not have later. We're not in control of that. A drunk driver could come and hit us. We could be acting well, trying to stay safe. We're not in control of when we go. Let's not say later about the kingdom of God. Do not rebel against God. That's what I was doing when I was King Phil. There's actually a high school that, I, that was named after me in Rentham Mass called King Phil. You know, that, that's who, how I was living. Don't rebel against God. Like saying, I will sit now and not live how God teaches to see how that is. Wow. That's backwards. And Galatians 5 8 says, whoever lives to sin is, destro- is destroying themselves. That's paraphrased, but that's what it's saying. Whoever lives with sin is destroying themselves, is reaping destruction. Some say, let me experience sin first. Well, what you're saying is, let me destroy myself first. It's kind of like saying, hey, you know, I never experienced a third degree burn. Let me go put my hand in a fire. Oh. And let me, let me experience that. But well, you get that out. You will be regretting the biggest thing you ever did in your life as you're in excruciating pain, maybe the rest of your life. But it's funny, we live, let me experience sin first. You could destroy yourself to where emotionally you could be damaged for the rest of your life. Don't rebel against God. A man who, to protest the helmet law that just came legal in the state, this is a true story, decided 
and for motorcycles. He decided to protest the law. I'm going to, I'm going to ride around without a helmet. On that ride, he crashed and he died of a head injury. Do not rebel against God. That law was there to protect him. He chose to destroy himself. Yeah. God's teachings are there to protect you. Yeah. That's right. God knows better than us. Yes. God knows what's best for us and what will give us the best life. Come on, Phil. Second half of Galatians 5 8 says, Whoever lives to please God, you will get eternal life. You will get the kingdom of God. Who would not want that? God not only protects you from destroying yourself here on earth, He gives you eternal life. No more crying, no more pain, no more death. Eternal happiness, supreme joy. Who wouldn't want that? You know, I've been a Christian for 33 years. And I've been living for God's kingdom for 33 years. I have zero regrets. I am still as joyful now as I was 33 years ago. And I hope that gives some of the younger Christians hope and joy. You can still be joyful at my young age of, of over a half a century. Man, God has not stuck a fork in me and said, I'm done, man. I'm going, man. And I'm going to go until I get to heaven. You know, let me tell you some, some things that have happened in my life. When I first became a Christian, four months later, my brother Joe came. I went home, I shared with him, and he became a Christian four months later. About 25, 30 years later, his daughter became a Christian. Wow. Yeah. There is no regrets in me living my Christian life. I have a wife who's absolutely gorgeous and attractive, and she's a mega spiritual person. You know that scripture about as a, as a, as a, uh, as a groom looks at the wife, it's like it's going to be a picture of heaven? I cried. Because my wife is so beautiful as she walked down the aisle on our wedding day. I couldn't believe beauty was marrying the beast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, counsel, don't laugh. You're a very beautiful fiance. Sure do. No, okay, yeah, you're not quite a beast like that. <laughs> All right, come here. You're, what did I say, counsel? You're, that's a counsel. You're okay. I love the family. All the family. Um, Come on, tell you. I'm a 20 year old and 18 year old son and daughter by the grace of God who were disciples. Amen. Um, I'm living my dream as a youth and family minister. I'm able to serve the younger generations. I love to help parents raise their teens to faith. I have studied with scores upon scores upon scores of teenagers that have become Christians mm-hmm. and that are still faithful today. Mm-hmm. It's my life has been a blessing. God has given me. The best life. Hardships? Yes. In Christianity. Challenges? Yes. Persecution? Yes. Mistakes? By me? Yes. Yeah. Thanks God for forgiveness. Amen. Christianity is not the easiest life, but it is the best life. It is the best life. With the best Results at the end of your life. It is incomparable to anything else. It's the most fulfilling, it is the most fulfilling and rewarding life in 
and then you get heaven. I made my, my decision 35 years ago, and I have no regrets on how I've lived my life the last 35 years. Amen. And I just want to keep living passionately for God until the day I die, try to get as many people into the kingdom of heaven as possible. Amen. Let's all join in in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, since our camp uh, three weeks ago, five teenagers have decided to become Christians. I want to tell you about one teenager who texted me. He texted me on the way home. He said, I do, he said, I do not want to live for myself and be separated from God anymore. Can we get together every day until I become a Christian? Jared Martin, which is a sophomore in high school, 11 days ago was baptized in Why did Jared, the four, uh, the four other teens who just became a Christian, myself, my wife, my kids, and thousands of them become Christians because the kingdom of God is the best news and will remain the best news in the history of all the And that leads me to my last point, which is proclaim the kingdom. Right. Proclaim the kingdom. We all doing well? Proclaim the kingdom. Mark chapter 1. Oh man, come on, let's bring this one. Here we go. Mark chapter 1, in verse 14 to 15. Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. This is good news. The kingdom is good news. God is coming, said the kingdom of God is there. Repent and believe the good news. You know what proclaim actually means? It means to make it known openly and publicly. Burlington Church, let's go. Let's go make this kingdom of God known publicly and openly. I have an amen from the Burlington Vermont Church. Amen. Amen. And I pray for God and let's tell people publicly and openly. Let's have no closet Christianity. Let's have no chicken Christianity. It's good news. The original Greek um, with the word good news is news that brings joy. This is the kingdom of joy. We're giving people true, deep, eternal joy. You have unprecedented joyful news to share. You know, news in the scripture does not talk about what you hear in the daily news. Like, hey, there's a fire down the street in Walmart. Or, hey, there's been some air left out of a football. That's not the news <laughs> that we're talking about. It means history making, earth shaking, history changing news. Mm-hmm. And the earth shaking news is about the unshakable and indestructible kingdom. Jesus proclaimed it. Luke 4, verse 43. He says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other times also, because that is why I was sent. Jesus said, and we need to be like Jesus, I need to go make it known publicly and openly. I need to go make it known publicly and openly. Then he went and he sent his disciples out. Luke 9, verse 2. When Jesus called the twelve together, it goes on and says, he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. Matthew 28 says, go make disciples of all nations. And Jesus says, I'll be with you always. Jesus is right beside you as you make it known publicly and openly. Amen. One teen Christian went on Hope Youth Corps. 
She went to the college campuses to share their faith. She said, I shared with a Muslim, a Hindu, and others. What I learned is in the past, I shared my faith and still just wanted to be accepted by others. It's not a, way, a good way to share your faith. Right? Now I don't care about being accepted. This is a teenager. Rather, I want them to, to have what I have. I want them to want the kingdom of God, and I don't want them to accept me anymore. Guys, Christianity is not about popularity, yeah. but it's about sharing with others about eternity. Yeah. Um, Luke 6, verse 26. We've got to stop wanting acceptance and popularity. Luke 6, verse 26. It says, What are you when everyone speaks well of you? Is that all we want in our workplace? Right. Is that all we want in our neighborhoods? Is that all we want in our schools? He says, For that is how the ancestors treated the false prophets. We cannot be false prophets. Rather, we've got to be bold about proclaiming God's kingdom. Do I have an amen from this brilliant church? Amen. We must want others to have this awesome kingdom. Even when we're persecuted. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 to 12. It says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because, because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecute the prophets, they that who were before you. Be a prophet. Yeah. Be a prophet. Go out and share openly. Go out and share publicly. Stop caring what people think. You know, Jesse Farmer was sharing his faith at Harvard Yard. Hey, Bostonian said Harvard Yard in the sermon. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you like that. Okay. <laughs> That's the only time I'm saying it. I'm not saying it again. Okay? Come on. Uh, so he was sharing his faith there. And, uh, and uh, he was told by the, the dean, stop sharing your faith. Here. And he didn't. He kept going. He's, he's still sharing his faith at Harvard. We must boldly and openly share our faith. Yeah. We are going to be persecuted. There are going to be times. You know, we got to openly and publicly share our faith. Mm-hmm. Things will happen. Yeah. What if you found a cure for cancer? What if you found a cure for ALS? Would you make it known publicly or openly? How silly would it be to keep it to yourself? Man, we'd call CNN. We'd be street preaching. We'd be telling people. We wouldn't be hiding in our suburban places. We'd be telling people all over Vermont, publicly and openly. All over Massachusetts publicly and openly. You know, we have the greatest news in the history of Earth. Let's go and proclaim it. Let's tell people we know. Last Saturday was really cool. I played basketball. I played my last year of basketball at Framingham State and I coached there two years. We had a reunion. I haven't seen these guys in 33 years. I haven't seen them in 33 years. A lot of them had bald heads. Now, I've got to give them credit. They weren't very overweight, which I'm giving credit. They stayed in somewhat shape. That was good. But they, a lot of them lost their hair. That was funny. 
Oh. But when I was in college, most, all of them that were at the party actually came to Bible talk. We made it known publicly and openly at Framingham State. We saturated that campus. Ten of the guys, ten of my teammates, actually, I studied the Bible. Nice. Ten of my teammates, I studied the Bible. Uh, one of them, uh, the head cheerleader of Framingham State, uh, I, she became a Christian, and uh, she actually left the church for a number of years, and she was just restored a year and a half ago. Amen. And then her daughter was baptized the next day after she was restored. Amen. So we got to make it known publicly and openly. Amen. we got to tell people we know. we got to tell people, whether it's in our workplace or in our neighborhood, let's tell people we know. we got to tell people we don't know. Even intimidating people. You know, I was, um, we had a Friday night devotional on Friday night, and I'm walking by, and I do this at times. Sometimes I fail, and other times I succeed. I'll tell you my succeeding story. Uh, but, so I was walking by these um, uh, the two, two guys, very sharp guys, and I was going to the devotional, and I go, wow, church is right here on Sunday morning. I go, uh, you know, I'll just go into the devotional. And I go, no, I can't do that. I can't look at them and judge them and, and say anything. So I stopped, and I shared with them, and the guy talked to me for about five minutes inquiring about the church. I mean, it was, I'm so glad that God gave me the courage to make, to take the opportunity and share with people. Let's tell people we don't know. Yeah. Okay, let's tell people we don't know. Um, wherever we are, whether we're on errands, whether we're out in the streets, uh, whether we're in the gym working out, let's Tell people we don't know. Here's what I'd love for us to do. We all work on this and pray about this. Make the decision that you will judge no one. Make the decision you will judge no one. You tell them about the kingdom and let them decide if they want the kingdom. Do not look at someone and say, they're not open and not share with them. Let's share with them and let's let them decide if they're open. Remember that? And when we make it known publicly and openly, some will become Christians. You know, um, uh, Will Lambert shared a story. He's a campus minister at the University of New Haven. The starting wide receiver for the University of New Haven came to Bible talk. He studied the Bible and he became a Christian. He went and shared with the quarterback of the University of New Haven. Okay, pretty intimidating cat, right? He should have He came to Bible talk, he studied the Bible, and he became a Christian. When we proclaim the Bible, when we proclaim the kingdom of heaven openly, some will become Christians, won't they? Yeah. I have a, a, a good friend who grew up in the teen ministry, David Martin. He, uh, he loves to talk, and that's a good gift, a gift of gallon. He shares faith with a lot of people at Newton North, and one of his friends who played soccer at Newton North, uh, Stanley, um, he shares faith with. He came to a team Bible talk, and um, he ended up studying the Bible, and he he became a Christian. I mean, he's like a two-year-old Christian in the campus ministry in the metro region. Yeah. And then, when we share our faith and openly make it known, the kingdom of heaven, some will become. This is the best and greatest news in the history of the earth. Amen. You ready for the conclusion? Come on, bring it. Oh, wow, good. The kingdom of God is the greatest news and will remain the greatest news 
in the history of the earth. You have the cure for death, which everybody fears. There can be no fear of death when you are going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 24, verse 14. It says, in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world, even the world of Vermont, as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. What end will come? Oh my goodness, the end of all pain, physical and emotional. The end of illness, starvation, disease, human tragedy. It'll be the end of crying, no more sadness, no more loss, no more insecurity, no more fear. Is this amazing news? No more mourning because there will be no more death for those who choose God's kingdom. And for eternity, you will have supreme happiness, supreme contentment, and supreme joy. Oh my goodness, who wouldn't want that? This kingdom will remain forever and is indestructible. It's unshakable. It'll never go away. It's for eternity. If you're not in the kingdom, make a decision like Jared did to study the Bible every day until you become part of the kingdom. Amen. And let's go proclaim it boldly. Boldly proclaim it. Let's make it known publicly and openly. And let's live our lives to help as many people as possible to get in the kingdom of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Burlington, Vermont, you rock. Thank you. Amen.